Hi guys, this is Richard and this is the Asian Traveling Marketer. So this is episode one and um, I wanted to kind of introduce myself and kind of set the tone of the podcast and what I kind of want to achieve and kind of give back to everyone around listening and stuff like that. So um, for me personally, I currently work as a marketing manager at F5, but I do a lot of, um, I guess, side projects and side activities as well. Um, so for me, it's been a luxury to be able to travel for work and travel um, for leisure, essentially. So um, in this podcast, I really want to cover topics that I've learned from traveling from to different countries, um, both on leisure or and business as well. So I kind of just wanted to touch upon that because a lot of people, when they travel, um, especially for business for the first time, they make a lot of mistakes, which I've made personally. And also things like, for example, when you do book your first business flight, like what are the things that you're meant to do and what are the things that you should keep in mind of? So these have topics which um, I kind of never really thought about until I experienced it myself. So when I booked my first business class ticket um, a few years back, I, I was kind of, to be honest, also kind of afraid. Um, and it was kind of an experience to kind of get over that first hurdle. And now when I do my upgrades, it just feels more natural. So that's one area I wanted to go into. And the other area is just in general, like traveling around as an Asian. Um, so I have a Chinese ethnicity, but as you can tell probably from my tone that I am and from an Aussie background. So I've been raised and born here in Sydney. Um, I've explored many areas of the world. I've made many friends across the world, but I'm still by heart an Australian. So um, it's been interesting, definitely. I think it's very interesting to visit other countries um, knowing your potentially what they see you as a Chinese person and how they treat you there and stuff like that. And which brings me to the first topic which I wanted to talk about, which is the coronavirus. Um, the coronavirus is, if you haven't heard of it, then you're probably being living under a rock. It is one of the, I guess, an epidemic that has happened recently that has um, originated from Wuhan, which is um, a city in China. Um, currently, there is a huge kind of restriction travel-wise across the world for any tra Chinese travelers. Um, Statistics-wise, on the time of the podcast, which is around um, into February, early February, there's around 700-ish people that have passed away in China, and the infections have reached approximately around the 35,000 mark. So it's definitely getting to a scale which was much bigger than what SARS was, or at least equally, but at that point, SARS was pretty much contained, and so it's been very interesting to follow the coronavirus across the world. Um, one of the most interesting parts is, so I wanted to cover two aspects here, which was one, traveling to Singapore and how the coronavirus was much more received differently compared to Australia versus, um, I guess, the views and all that jazz, like what people see see the coronavirus as it is in Singapore versus like where I live currently. Um, the second part is the inherent racism that has occurred. Um, I know it's a bit of a sensitive topic, but it's definitely something that I wanted to talk about, especially to you as a viewer. 
um, what you've seen, what you've heard, and stuff like that. Like, I'll be interested to hear what you guys have seen um, or heard at least. So, the coronavirus, like right now, it started in China, and it's ex- travelers have been um, from Wuhan, both residents as well as just visitors, have now kind of got into a stage where they have. I guess returned to their home country or the tourist the country that they're touring, and inherently actually pretty much spread the disease across. Um, There's been a lot of report that China knew about this but didn't act on upon it quick enough, and now a lot of these countries, especially around Asia and America, and now Britain and Europe have been affected. Um, At least in Australia, there's no deaths, but there has been an American who died in Wuhan and there are rising smaller deaths in across outside of China. Well, the majority of the deaths, like I would say 99% of them currently are in China, but there has been an increase across the world and it's interesting to see the spread of it. Um, and countries are getting very desperate in kind of containing this um, virus. So I'll bring you to my travels to Singapore. So I visited Singapore around the early February, I guess like around the 1st February, all the way to just the recent times of like 9th and the 8th of February. So just in that one week period. Um, and it was interesting to see like how it developed over just one week. So when I arrived, it was very, very, um, it was alarming. Like people were given like, oh yeah, like we're going to give masks to every household and stuff like that. But it was more just like, in the news like people just talked about it and kind of were concerned about it and in a way not evenly like i wouldn't say like purely joking but just joking around and saying oh wow like look at this like masks are all bored out and stuff like that which ironically also happened in sydney but what was really interesting was development after one week where by the time i left the threat level the singapore government at least placed it at an orange level which is pretty much like a moderate um level of uh, I guess, uncertainty or modern, moderate level of, like, um, security level for the virus. So once it hits red, that's when it's really alarming, like, everyone should just be quarantined at home and stuff like that. So it was already just, it's basically one stage before red, and it's really alarming to see that. And especially when I come in um, from the work side, everyone now is working from home, and it's really interesting to see kind of the dynamic shift where events in Singapore, China, countries like that have very very much being a lot of them has been cancelled due to this virus and it's really interesting to see how this has affected the dynamics of a team um at least in the team that i'm based everyone's very united like everyone's very like they want people to be aware but also to take care of themselves and so there's there's at least in apac in the marketing team we've now restricted traveling around China and around Singapore um, and basically everyone's being asked to work from home unless there's a need to do a face-to-face meeting and that's an interesting part because I think it's basically gone to the point where countries like Singapore where there's a heavy um, Asian population has treated this a lot more seriously versus um, let's say in Sydney where this disease was is still more of a joke, to be honest. Like people are making jokes in the office and stuff like that. Like it's not gotten to the stage where people have, um, I guess, been super alarmed. Like in Singapore, like the dynamic is so different. Like in Singapore, when I was there, like it was the talk of the day every day, and it was in the chat. Everyone's giving updates of what was happening and stuff like that to keep everyone safe. 
in Sydney, the dynamic, dynamic is completely different. Um, I know there were bushfires and stuff recently, but it was very interesting to see the dynamic difference and shift. Um, and I noticed that a the Asian community, especially all my friends, which I would say the majority would be uh, Asians, have swung all the way to the um, concern side. So purchasing masks and all that stuff. Like, I would probably guess that 95% of the masks that were purchased in Sydney were probably bought by some kind of Asian, um, could mainly probably Chinese, but can range from, from Koreans or Southeast Asians and stuff like that. Like, I think everyone's quite concerned. Whilst... I guess everyone else is not too concerned, and it's interesting to see that, that the shift, the differences. Where I would, I would think that it's ironic that you think that a disease that came, or the virus that came from China, would alarm non-Chinese people more, but instead it's alarming Chinese people more. Instead, like it's kind of weird. If it, 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 like think about it for a sec. If a disease comes from China, yes, Chinese people would be afraid, but it's like you could ironically say it's an alien disease. So in a sense, a non-Chinese would be afraid or fearful of it, which I want to talk about instead, which the fear part of it is not the virus. It's against Chinese people themselves, or at least Asians who look like Chinese. So um, there's been a lot of recounts, like for example, Fiat's, Koreans, even potentially Japanese people who have been racially, I guess, targeted because of how they look like. Because everyone would assume that, oh, you look like you might be from Wuhan, so kind of get out, right? So there's been a lot of racist kind of comments. Like, I read a lot right now where, um, for example, this Vietnamese um, lady in from America, Vietnamese American, posted a TikTok of someone, of her eating pho, which is a Vietnamese noodle dish, a noodle soup dish that is predominantly, um, the protein in it is mainly beef, so no weird, fuzzy, funky things. And people were making racist comments, saying that, oh, where's the bats, or like, oh, this is the where the coronavirus came from, and stuff like that, and it's interesting to see how people are being fearful not via the virus, but fearful from the actual people instead. When in a state of, of this kind of like epidemic, people should be uniting with each other and helping each other, not being fearful against each other. Um, and it's in, and that's kind of um, where I kind of wanted to segue into, which is the racism part, which is kind of like, it doesn't happen much in Singapore. I mean, for obvious reasons, right? Because the majority of population are um, Asian I guess, based. So it's more the concern of the virus. So the dynamic is different as kind of like raised before. The dy dynamic in Singapore is you see a huge, huge fear for the virus and not fear from each other. In Sydney or Western societies or Western countries, I would assume what's happening in Sydney is, is very similar to the UK or maybe the US. People are not being fearful of the virus. People are being fearful of the people. And that is prejudice in a way. And I think it's definitely alarming. And people should kind of rethink about how they think about what this coronavirus is. Because if you look at the stats, the mortality rate is pretty low. The I'm, I don't want to compare this to influenza, which is obviously a much bigger killer. Because the unknown there's a lot of unknown about the coronavirus. But if you look at it, 
I bet not, not many people even know about the origins of the influenza and how many people it kills yearly, right? Like in America, it kills 10,000 in just the recent season and worldwide, it, it goes to like half a million and above, right? So people are getting really, really panicked um, for the wrong reasons. So people are being panicked because of the people and that's what I find kind of peculiar. Um and it's inherent uh, it's only happening in the western societies like the western society countries sorry and that is something that i've noticed when i was traveling in the last two weeks sorry in the last week but before that i was obviously still in sydney and when i was comparing the two weeks it was really interesting to see kind of how people were treating this virus and um yeah i mean in my opinion like there's no reason to be fearful like if someone is in Sydney, for example, and they're Chinese like me, or like an ABC, like Australian-born Chinese, or American-born Chinese, or American-born Viet, or whatever, if we're walking around, we're probably safe. Because, one, why would we be walking around? We'd probably quarantine ourselves. We know how bad this virus can get, and why would we be dumb enough to walk around? Um, that being said, there are, people who, there are probably cases where this has happened, so... Uh, I do understand there is some kind of level of like I guess um, uncertainty and fear, but in a way, why bring out the prejudice of stereotyping people who look like they're from Wuhan, China, into this kind of racial virus group? Um, and that's for me the alarming part. So. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next um, few weeks or, or months as countries look to contain the virus. But I thought that would be an interesting first topic to kind of think about. Like, I'm not sure if you're listening and where you're from, like if you're from maybe Indonesia, Singapore, UK or anywhere, how is the virus treating, um, I guess, changing, shifting people in those countries? Like to, um, I guess how they're acting towards others so for example um in sydney if i let out a cough ironically people start looking at me kind of weirdly so what how is it how is the dynamic across the world I, i'd be interested to kind of know about that um so yeah check out the um there's an email or there should be a comment section below and you just chuck it in and we can definitely talk about it next week um but yeah very interesting to see how the coronavirus kind of um gets contained and hopefully gets contained and how this I guess in initial racism has started popping up and how that kind of goes. So yeah, well, thanks for listening. Um, l- remember to subscribe to the podcast if you want to listen to more about um, what I want to talk about. So yeah, thanks for listening again.